the word was out. Sometimes the word that comes out is not a good word. Sometimes it can be a confusing word. We hear many words from leaders and we're left wondering what was meant and what was said. So the word can be a confusing one. But this word was not. The word was out and it was a good word. Jesus said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So do we know what it meant when he sat down? Do we know what it meant when he said those words? Sitting down was a posture that a teacher would give. When they sat down, they were ready to teach. So I believe that when he sat down, he meant just what he said. The word was done. Jesus arrived in Nazareth, the scripture says. The reports had already been spread out regarding him. He was in Galilee. He was healing the sick and setting those who were bound and oppressed free. The word was already out because the Spirit of God had empowered him to do so, to do all of these things. But how did it begin? How did it happen? In chapter 3, verses 21 through 22, we read that now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized, and he was praying, the heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him bodily in the form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven, saying, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. He had a period of preparation. And then he performed his first miracle by turning water into wine in John 2. He met the Samaritan woman at the well and healed her of a broken heart in John 4. And he healed a normal one's son who was at the point of death in John 4 as well. So the word was already out. He was coming to his hometown. What would he say? What would he do? What miracles would he perform? They sat there wondering what would happen. So he walked in the synagogue and he took the scroll from Isaiah and he said, I have come to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind so the oppressed can go free. What a wonderful message. The poor in that day were marginalized. They were not accepted. They were victims of leprosy, even widows without a male heir, the non-Jew who was enslaved, separate from community. How do you set free a marginalized people? They were already in a terrible state. How do you give them that peace of mind and certainty in heart that they are accepted and no longer marginalized, who have no hope. They've been in that state for such a long time. I believe what Jesus did was he showed them God's love. 
The love that sets captives free. The love that heals the brokenhearted. The love that transforms everyone. Jesus spoke of this love in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. He was asked a question. He was asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. It took looking into those eyes of pure love that transformed the brokenhearted. It was looking into those eyes of pure love that set the captives free. So he read those words of Isaiah the prophet and he sat down to teach, to speak the word that was being fulfilled. As followers of Christ, we are to do the very same thing. We are to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to those who cannot see, to let the oppressed go free. But how can we free people when we're not free ourselves? How can we help someone else if we are bound and trapped within our own wounds and not able to see the person that's right in front of us? We are a country built on its, that built its wealth upon slavery and oppression of others. This is a fact and we can't change it. It's embedded in our society. It's a part of our past. It's one of the reasons why we can't see. Because we have been broken ourselves. I was in a class <laughs> um, this month, actually. And one of the things that I learned in that class was we can't help anybody if we are broken and we can't see. But once our eyes are opened, then we are accountable. It takes Christ's love to open our eyes, to see the other who suffers, to see the other who's broken and entrapped in the state that they are in. There are many people in this world who are broken. It's a sickness in our humanity. And those of us who live here today had absolutely nothing to do with transpired in our history. But what we can do today is bring about transformation once we are transformed. The pain and the trauma travels through our generations. And there is no escape until the eyes of the blind are open and we decide to make a change. So we seek ways to understand just how we are made. We learn about our emotions and about our thoughts. We learn about the will and how it must be transformed. 
by the healing and the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. We try to commit everything to God by following Christ's example in seeking his direction and how, to, how we are to serve and become an instrument of God's peace on earth. We attempt to be mindful of the power of the words that we speak to our fellow human being, learning the words that encourage, the words that empower, as we grow and as we are transformed. And we lament. We lament for the ancestors who suffered trauma, the ancestors in every area, because everyone suffered some some form of trauma. It's all about praying for them, honoring who they were, offering forgiveness for the wounds that were inflicted either by them or by others, and praying for the future generations because they are our hope. We have a service here on the fifth Tuesday, the healing of the generations, where we look at the wounds of the past in our own family lines if we know them. And even if we don't, we still offer prayers for what we do not know. We're standing in that place of intercession. And we're guided by the Holy Spirit to pray for forgiveness for whoever did whatever in our line and to pray for the healing of those that were wounded and then ask for God's blessings to flow through our, our family line and transform things that we cannot do. There was a song that I love to hear. Jim Bennett leads it many times. And the words are, Spirit pour out and flood the city. Heaven come down and shake the walls. Fill us, Lord, the world is waiting. Father, let your kingdom come. Those words are for each and every one of us, each individual one of us. The Spirit is to pour out and flood each one of us. Heaven is to come down and shake the walls within our souls and fill us so that we can break loose because the world is waiting for us. The kingdom of God is here and it is now. It is not a kingdom we are to be waiting for. It is a kingdom that we are to be working for. Come and restore the generations of desolation. Bind up the poor and the brokenhearted. Plant and sow till, till, till. Go deep into the wounds till and grow what time has ravaged and break down the walls of race and war. These are words for all of us, every soul here in this room and the souls within the city. That is why we pray every day for those walls to be broken in the hearts of humanity 
so we can grow to be true human beings. The word was out then, and the word is out now. These are the words for people. For when the people are flooded by the healing power of the Holy Spirit, change happens in a city, a country, and over time, the world can be transformed. This is the word of the Lord for his people.